Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jackson effect takes hold as the addicts end Sunderland's 100% home record. Stockley scores the winner with his head, but Lee Johnson found something to whinge about. Welcome to Charlton Live. Uh, good evening and welcome to Cholton Live. My name is Louis Mendez. I hope you guys are well. On this evening's show, we'll be talking about the fact that Johnny Jackson's addicts went up to Sunderland and got a superb 1-0 victory at the Stadium of Light yesterday. A really wonderful day up in the northeast. Um, and yeah, a really enjoyable start to life under Johnny Jackson, uh, caretaker manager so far. Desperately hoping he gets the job, if I'm being honest. Right, uh, joining me uh, to discuss that, uh, Mr. Benji Cloak, hey, Ben. Oh, very good, but a bit tired because yeah. uh, I mean, we had a very. We've literally just been back from Newcastle for about twenty minutes, the pair of us. Yeah, but what a time we had! Yeah, a glorious it... night on the tune. On the tune, celebrating the fact that we uh, once again our, our luck against Sunderland seems to be in, and also joining us to discuss uh, that victory uh, is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. You haven't been headbutted by anyone today, have you? 
Uh, not as far as I'm aware. No, although I've got a cold, so my head feels a little bit like it has been. I will double check with Lee Johnson just to be sure. Um, Thank you. Yeah, excellent stuff. So uh, on the show, uh, we're going to hear the highlights of that performance in a few moments' time. We're, of course, going to hear uh, my interview with the uh, Addicts caretaker boss, Johnny Jackson. Uh, a wonderful start to, to life under him. Uh, we've got your tweets and emails, and we've got some fans' bar reaction as well from supporters who are up there at the Stadium of Light. Uh, looking forward to chatting uh, about all of those things. I mean, the game, before we hear the highlights, Ben, I mean, what a transformation from what we've seen so far this season. Obviously, uh, Nigel Adkins sacked during the week, the first game under Johnny Jackson. You wonder, you know, what sort of effect that would have. Uh, and it appears to have had a very good one. Cool, yeah, and some. It was a, it was a great performance uh, and it was a full 90 minute performance. It wasn't, uh, we played well for 20 minutes and the rest of the game, we weren't good enough. It was a full blooded 90 minute gritty performance from us. Roll your sleeves up, get stuck in, throw yourself in front of shots to, to make sure we held out at the end. And ah, it, it, for me, I just haven't felt that good at a game in so long. I mean, we've been bereft of it this season. Uh, a performance where you're just so chuffed at the end. I mean, it's a proper proper Charlton performance when you when you go away, especially against Sunderland. But just when you go away from home like that and um, get get a great goal. It was a great goal, in my opinion. Leco, great run down the line. Caused them a lot of problems all day. Great cross. Stockley might have nudged them, but look, got stuck in. Great header. One new up, and we and we held on to it. And yeah, the main thing for me was that it was a full ninety-minute performance where consistently we we were we were good. We had spells where we were very good, and we had created some really good chances. Um, and we kept their players quiet. I mean, Aidan McGeady for me, I thought he was really poor yesterday. I didn't see him do much, but the likes of Parrington, Matthews coming into the team and really putting in a good performance. What a change! Amazing. Uh, how in what two days of Jacko being in charge, they've uh, they've really turned it around for him. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. It was up there, and uh, you know, I asked Jacko the same question. But it's, it's, if if this is to be an extended job interview, Tom, well, it's uh, he started with uh, you know, passed it with flying colours the first the, the first test. Yeah, exactly. We said on Thursday, didn't we, that we we didn't necessarily expect a result but what we did want was a an improved performance and a performance of, and a group of players who looked like they were they were fighting and battling for us um and obviously we got that performance but on top of that we got the three points as well so yeah you're right as auditions go he, he can't do much better than that his 100% record is obviously maintained um but i think as uh i think it was brown he said on the on the uh, post-match yesterday the Doncaster game is probably he said it before the game that that's probably the more important of the two and then he said now that we've beaten Sunderland it's almost like we have to win that one as well to make sort of validate this one so uh, yeah we can't get too high now we've got to kick on and make sure that this is the start of a run but as I say in terms of an audition it's it's certainly a good start for him and, and for the team very good start indeed. Right then, let's hear the highlights uh, from Charlton TV. Uh, your commentators are Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. In possession. Inside, towards the edge of the penalty area. Shot comes away, McGillivray deals with it, palms it wide for a corner. Once again, Charlton exposed down our right-hand side. Send long, down the middle. Just momentarily, O'Brien's got the better of uh, Lavelle. Shot goes palmed away by McGillivray, comes back out, and it's a scuffed effort in the end. Screwed wide, 
of the post, but once again, Sunderland show their potency going forward. About five yards outside the right side of the penalty area. Ball into the box, looking for Lavelle, who gets Ooh. his head there, and it's fumbled wide by Hoffman. Just for a second there, I thought he fumbled in into the back of the net, but he manages to get enough on it to push it wide right of his post, and it will be a Charlton corner. To take on Pritchard, goes to his right. Little ball across, it's a good one. Drops to Gilby, can he get a shot away? He can, oh, and hit, I think that hit Stockley. And then it's cleared away. Eating. Swings it in. It's headed down, comes to shoot, the shot saved. And Lee will clear. Ball up, goes back to Fanwo on his left foot with the cross towards Stockley, Ooh. and Pierce was also there. In the end, oh, either of them got. That's a chance. I think got anything on it. It was not much. It ends up going wide yeah. out of play, and there is the half-time whistle. A really proud first 45 minutes for Johnny Jackson and his side. Okay. Cuts inside with his left foot, back out to his right. Leco drills it across. Comes oh, towards oh. Perrington. who can't find the goal. He not got there. Still in the end, the ball's still in play. <laughs> What a glorious chance that oh, was for Joel. The ball across towards Sirkin, who controls. Back heel finds Pritchard. Pritchard skips past Dobson and looks across. He does so towards Sirkin, is off the post. Comes down to Winchester, controls. Goes down, no penalty given. Right, and Joel can clear. Shocking look for a penalty there. <laughs> but uh, uh, get away with one there. Turn back as well to get the ball back for Joel as Dobson switches the ball across to Lecco. Will take on Sirkin. Lecco gets past him as well. Lecco with the cross towards Stockley. Can he get there for Cholm? Goes back to Lee. It's a block and then cleared. Oh. Cholm just couldn't convert. Lecco shaped across. Instead cuts back. He'll take on O'Brien. Works a bit of space with the cross towards the far post. Can Stockley get there? He can. That's it. It's gone in, has it? Yes. Now it has. And Cholm will have the goal. Oh, what's he given? There's a bit of confusion. Because the referee's blown. Charlton was a goal. And now it's a given as a goal. Just for a minute, look like the referee might have given a free kick. But no. Jaden Stockley's going to claim it. His head has certainly looked like it crossed the line. It did hit a hand anyway, I think. And then I think it might have been Lee who was on the penalty area. Well, on the line to convert anyway. That's it was actually handball. Washington. So it would have been a goal anyway. Charlton won't care. They've got the goal. Stockley will claim it. 1-0 Charlton. And the yellow card's been given in the process for complaints, and I don't really know what they're complaining about. Unless they feel there was, it was well, kept out. I think as the cross came in, Stockley's I mean, arms... I obvious just, handball. Yeah, Stockley's arms, I think, were actually on the defender, and maybe that's what they're complaining about, that uh, there was a foul by Stockley in the build-up to the as the ball came across and that's allowed him to get the header in that's the only thing I can think of because certainly once he got the header in everything else was down to Sunderland handballing it on the line so there was no other infringement other than that so that's the only thing I can think back of into the centre now back out again to Winchester ball in is uh, blocked away looked like a hand referee waves it away still in the Charlton penalty area now cleared away this time by Matthews there was definitely a handball in there the referee said I guess not deliberate. Drilled through the middle. He's trying to find Dejaku. He's got it on the edge of the box. Dejaku back on his right foot, takes a shot over the bar. Big opportunity. Dejaku couldn't find the back of the net. Touch into Claire. Claire sends Washington away on the left hand side. Still on side. Looking up. Washington into the penalty area. Washington cuts back on his right foot, drills it in, and it's saved by Hoffman.
down to his right-hand side. Didn't probably get enough purchase on it that he wanted. Jaisimi with the interception will clear this away. Surely that's got to be it. Tell. It's out of play on halfway. And there is the final whistle. Sean have come to the Stadium of Light in Johnny Jackson's first game in caretaker charge and have come away with three points thanks to the goal from Jaden Stockley on 66 minutes. There we go, lovely to, to hear that again from the boys and uh, I mean, you could hear how, how elated everyone was at full time. Um, you know, a, a massive result for us, obviously not just because of the managerial situation and, and having a bit of a hero in charge for the game, a hero who we'd love to see put a run together and get the job full time. Uh, but a massive three points in terms of the league table as well. Um, I mean, everything came together, Ben, and, and, at exactly the time that we needed it to, really. Yeah, massively. I mean, it's the hardest place to go in the league, in my opinion, there or someone like Sheffield Wednesday, where they've got a big crowd backing them. But we really, as I said earlier, we, we kept them quiet. Uh, it was a performance where... Everything came together. You had the likes of Dobson coming in to he'd been um left out of the squad for a for a little while and made some odd cameos in the Pizza Trophy where he looked good and you're thinking, Okay, how can Jackson's looked at him and thought, how can I change it out and put my own mark on this team? And uh yeah, as I said, I I can't fault any of the players yesterday. It was a real um it's a tough such a tough place to go and it was such a good performance. And uh, even the likes of McGilvray, I know he didn't have too much to do yesterday, but there was one big save he made. And it was just so so great looking at social media afterwards, all the players coming together and putting pictures up. But as Tom just said there, I think the the big thing is now is backing that performance up against Doncaster next week. Mm, yeah, certainly. Now, I mean, Jackson came in and, and stamped his mark on the side pretty early uh, with the change in, in the formation and obviously the personnel five changes to the side and, and went for the three-five-two. It's very, it was, it was an interesting bit of a sort of uh, I don't know mind games. You probably call it before the game. So I was sent, you know, I always get sent in the team, and we were we were thinking, oh, maybe a four-four-two. Some fans, when I put the lineup out, some fans said maybe it could be a four-two-three-one. So I actually went and asked someone, and was told, oh, it's a back three. But if you look now, we're we're actually warming up in a back four because we keep we're, they're trying to keep everyone guessing. And that's exactly what they did. I don't think anyone predicted the shape and, and, until, obviously, kickoff, And then we could see it sort of settling with, with, with the back three, with Adam Matthews as right centre-back and Jonathan Lecco right wing-back, uh, Purrington left wing-back. Um, but it's obviously a, a formation that worked for us, Tom. And, you know, I mean, we're going to learn a bit about Jacko over the next few games and, and, and what his sort of tactical nous is like. And, well, he's found a, a formation that worked. Yeah, and this is, this is one of the things I said... Uh, briefly on Thursday about people who said you know Jacko's been part of the management staff before and therefore you know maybe isn't the man for the job because those those regimes haven't worked out he hasn't had a chance to put his stamp on it I mean obviously he's going to suggest things to people like Nigel Adkins but ultimately it's the manager that makes the final decision so you know it's it's his head on the block now and he gets to make those choices and lives and dies by them so and he seems excited to to put his stamp on it and yeah, it was it was tactically very clever. You look at, you know, the likes of Pritchard or, or McGeady, as, as Ben says, were relatively quiet. You know, it, it, those three players that Sunderland tend to play behind the striker, to have them three defenders there so you've got that extra man is very clever. And obviously Dobson sitting just in front of them as well. 
So it really did nullify them. I mean, look, they're Sunderland at home. They're going to have chances, and obviously they did have a few, but McGivory behind them made a few good saves. But ultimately, I, I would I would think that they probably had less chances than they have in, had in lots of the games. And yeah, it was, a, it was a very clever move. And we've said a few times this season that you need to build from the back. That, you know, defensive defensively is where we've been been at our worst I think we've scored in every away game I'm pretty sure I heard that on the highlights earlier when I was watching those back so scoring goals isn't necessarily our problem it's making sure we keep him out and he's made a change at the back he made some personnel changes there as well and obviously we've got the clean sheet win so uh, yeah I'm sure he's delighted with that mm. now um, the, the goal itself was uh, well quite comical in, in the way it sort of ended up but um, again I mean Jonathan Lecco was an absolute machine yesterday and the amount of time he, we found him in space um, you know to run at the defence and, and I think Sunderland did allow him a little bit of space I don't know if it was the way we were set up you know with that extra width but the amount of time we, we, we fed him in that space and he is so dangerous And but even then when he gets closed down he found ways to get crosses in time and time again and, and, and this one took a bit of a deflection actually now there, there was all sorts of confusion and complaint um, after the ball ended up in the back of the net so I mean it's, listening back to Terry and, and Greg's commentary you can hear that you can hear that sort of misunderstanding as to what's going on um I was really confused as well so the cross took a deflection you can see Stockley gets ahead on it then it looks goal bound now the confusion for me is because I think it's Luke O'Neill or O'Neill on on the goal line who's handballed it so my my confusion was first of all has, has it gone over the line before he's done that uh, or not and then obviously it's put in by I think Connor Washington on the line to make sure so you think right well either way they're definitely going to give the goal then the whistle gets blown the Sunderland fans start cheering. You're trying to think, well, what could that be for? And then the referee goes and checks on 09, 09, whatever, and then just gives the goal. So everyone's happy. Now, the only the only confusion or upset I can see from the Sunderland fans, because obviously 09 could have been sent off, but the uh, the other thing is they, they seem to think that Jaden Stockley put hands on, I think, Tom Flanagan uh, and pushed him slightly in the air. Now, I can see I can see their argument. I think Stock, Stockley's hands are up and there's a little shove. So if it's gone the other way, you might be a little bit frustrated. But at the same time, was there enough of a push for, for the goal to be ruled out, Ben? Oof. I mean, where I was sat at the game, it was quite confusing because obviously we're, we're up in the gods, the other end of the pitch. So it delayed limbs a little bit, to be fair. It was a bit of limbs, then we stopped. And then everyone just went wild when they gave the goal. Um but it's one of them. I mean, he hasn't really jumped that high. It's it's a floated cross, as you say, got a deflection. I mean, to jump, you've got to move your hands. It didn't look a huge push on the replay, to be fair. And I think it it was just so confusing, wasn't it? I didn't know what the ref had stopped it for, as you say. I think, at the end of the day, I think he's thought it's gone across the line before 09's tried to handball it as well. So he's thought, oh, I've got to give the goal. If 09 had handballed it just before it went over the line, then he's off and we, we get a penalty. But yeah, I just want to say, I thought Jaden Stockley, that is what he's been crying out for for so long this season. Wingers getting up the line and putting in some good crosses for him and he's getting on the end of them. I mean, his goal record now in the last few games, obviously in the pizza trophy bagged a couple there as well and that's what we've been crying out for and that surely should be our identity of playing football we've got some real attacking wingers in our side with Blackett Taylor, Lecco, Kirksey and uh, Matthews is great getting down that line and crossing the ball as well so I'm so pleased that we utilised that yesterday I mean there was another chance where Lecco crossed the ball and 
it bounced around and Elliot Lee shot and it was blocked just before it was going in. So that was so key for us yesterday, just finding those uh, passages of play that worked really well. And for someone like Stockley, he's been made a bit of a scapegoat because the players kept booting it up to him. And then so Davison came in instead to try and stop them from doing that. But yeah, I thought great header, great header. I mean, he didn't jump too much. For me, obviously I'm a bit biased, but uh, I, if that's the other way around, it's so soft if you're going to say that's a, that's a foul and no goal because you've got to jump somehow and your arms are going to go. But yeah, well, we love Flanagan anyway. He was the one that put it in the net at Wembley, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, uh, his name's going to come up again later on in the show. Um, I mean, Tom, I, I, I'd be interested in your view on the goal as well. But um, I mean, also in terms of, you know, we're going to Sunderland, the team that scored, I think, second highest scorers in the league before yesterday. Um, we expect to give up chances, but we, we didn't give up too many, really. And I, I'd argue that Ben Perrington's missed before the goal. And obviously they hit the crossbar before the goal as well. But I'd argue we had the best chance of the game before we scored anyway. So it's not like we were we were going there and and, and not creating a great deal. And and that's one of the most um the, the most enjoyable things about yesterday's performance is that we, we were creating a lot. Yeah, that's that's what I didn't really understand after the game. There were a, a fair few Sunderland fans, and obviously not not all of them, I'm sure, but quite a few of them saying that you know, we'd been diving and we'd been rolling around and we'd been, you know, s housery and, and whatever. But you look at the stats and you, you know, listen to the, the chances and you watch the highlights back. It was a, a relatively even game. Uh, and as I say, obviously, they're Sunderland at home and they haven't lost a game there or even drawn a game there yet this season. So you expect to give up some chances. But like you, I thought it was relatively 50-50. And, you know, if we weren't down at the bottom of the league, you'd think a Charlton-Sunderland game in in this uh, division should be fairly even but I think given what's gone on before for us to go there and to put all of those defensive mistakes away you think about Tuesday night or last week up at Lincoln that the state of our defense and how many times we were getting done on either flank and and everything and even the midfield on Tuesday night not supporting the defense to go from that in two days or not even two days because Jacko said Thursday was a bit of a whirlwind so really just one day with the team to to be that disciplined and structured and to all dig in for each other. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised because, you know, it's a, it's a Jacko Charlton team. But for him to already get that instilled in them is hugely impressive. Um, and as I say, I, you know, I don't want to just move on from yesterday straight away because it's an important win. But the, the thing for me now is can they keep that up? It, can the fitness keep up? Can we get a starting 11 that are sort of settled? Uh, and can he continue to push them to that level? Because he said it himself now, that's the standard, and, and they can't drop from that. So, yeah, going to be interesting to see how that develops over the next few weeks, but hugely impressive to do that away at the Stadium of Light at any time. Yeah, and we've got to talk about um, a, a former Sunderland player who, who was brought back into the side yesterday, Benji and George Dobson, you know, frozen out under Nigel Atkins. He last played against Wickham, which was six games ago. Um, but but Jacko trusted him to throw him back into the side and sit in front of that back three, and he was absolutely everywhere. Um, you know, and particularly after he got a yellow card just before half time for what was a, a mistimed challenge, sort of on, on halfway. Um, and you know, it was, it was a fair yellow card, uh, and, and you'd worry that would sort of blunt him and, and make him a bit nervous to continue doing what he's doing. But he, he kept it up in the second period as well. Yeah, thought he was outstanding yesterday again, just doing his job, just running around. Helping out Famwo and Lavelle, or and then Pierce, and just dropping into that spot. I saw Famwo go out to the left a lot uh, to try and 
uh, help Parrington and then he come across in the middle. He was just there when we needed him. He was there to mop up at the back, made some really good tackles. I remember one, he slid and won the ball back and cleared it upfield to Washington. And we haven't seen that yet from him, okay? We haven't really seen that much of him uh, minutes-wise. I think first few games we played him and then once we got the likes of Arter and Watson in, we we haven't been able to see much from him other than the pizza trophy game that he played in. And um, yeah, I thought... He's look, got a point to prove because Nigel kept him out of the side and he has got competition for places there with two experienced players as Watson and Arthur. But maybe he can go, look, I'm a bit more youthful than them um, and I can get about the pitch more and make it a nuisance for the other team and mop up at the back and drop in. And exactly what he did. And we as Charlton fans, as Jackson said in his interview on Thursday, we will give him every bit of support as long as he leaves it out there, gives 100%. A player like, look, Radisson Kizashev, he turned into a player for us that just was, just did the basics, just got stuck in, cleared the ball when he could, helped out, mopped up at the back, and that's what we want from our team, and, and that's what we saw from him yesterday. And again, long may that continue, and hopefully these... Uh, 100% committed performances keep coming. Mm, right, we've got to talk about the, uh, the, the what appears to be the, the major talking point uh, from, from yesterday's game. Um, now, I, I mean, no, no one saw it during the game. I, I certainly didn't see it. Um, after the game, I went out and we spoke to Jacko, and, and that was long before Lee Johnson had done his press conference, so I couldn't ask Jacko about it because I knew nothing of it. Uh, came back in from... from uh, doing a bit more on-air chat, and then Lee Johnson was in there, and he was he was in sort of moaning about a handball shout, I think, against Piercy. Uh, I saw the club tweeted that the replay showed it hit him on the head. Obviously, I haven't seen that replay myself to uh, to confirm or deny. Um, but then I, I sort of got bored of listening to Lee Johnson, so I put my headphones in and started tapping away to Johnny Jackson stuff because I wanted to get back to Newcastle and out on the tune. Um, uh, but then I started to see, like, I got copied into a tweet saying, oh, did you see this about Jaden Stockley headbutting a player? And I thought, well, I'm surprised that no one's pointed that out during the game. Um, and sort of didn't really think much more of it until, I, I, I mean, I, I saw a little bit of chat. And then I, I, so, someone uh, hand, handily sent me the video to uh, say, would, would you reckon about this? Uh, maybe put it on Twitter to prove there's absolutely no headbutt in there because effectively, I mean, Jaden Stockley is roughing up Tom Flanagan for sure. You know, Tom Flan- him and Flanagan have been jostling a, a corner or a cross or something. They've gone in. Flanagan sort of flicked out a little arm. Stockley's gone up and, and, and put the chest into him three times. Um, I've watched it over and over again. Now, th- there's nothing there that can be described as a headbutt. Um, the first time Jaden puts the chest in, Flanagan jolts backwards and his head goes up into the air. And then he does sort of touch his his mouth, his mush. So my only theory could be that when when Jaden's gone in with the chest, they've somehow connected mushes, almost like a, a violent kiss. And that that's the only thing I could possibly see. But for Lee Johnson to come out and say that Jaden Stockley has headbutted Tom Flanagan flush in the face, I mean that's outrageous, isn't it? It's, it's shoulder barging and chesting. Surely there's nothing more than that. Surely there's there's nothing that the EFL could see in that, Tom, to suggest there ought to be a free game ban. I think you you started that point by saying you were surprised that nobody had mentioned it, and I think nobody had mentioned it because no nothing happened. And I've seen it back, and I can't see it. Look, you're right. There is a coming together. Obviously, there's blood, so something's happened. But a headbutt just is madness and 
I'm guessing, well, everybody's talking about this, aren't they, rather than the results. So so maybe he's done it to, to draw attention away from either the performance or himself or take the pressure off his players or whatever. And it's worked because you know, Mourinho is the king at that, just distracting and talking about something else. But if he's legitimately upset that they lost that game and he is pinning all his hopes on that being the reason, then he's more deluded than I thought. And he, he's not somebody that I've ever particularly warmed to anyway, but... It's just nonsense. Like Stockley, the amount of times Stockley doesn't get fouls because of his size uh, when he should is, you know, off the charts. And as you say, there was a coming together. And and as we said, there's blood there. So so something's got to have happened. But it's not a headbutt. Uh, As you said, at at most, they might have accidentally clashed. But uh, yeah, he's he's living in dreamland if he thinks that that's the reason they lost the game. Uh, And if he thinks he's getting a ban, well, I'll be amazed if the EFL even bother to look at it. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. But no, nothing there for me. Mm -hmm. Nothing at all. It's, It's funny, once it's gone on Twitter, I mean, a lot of the Sunderland fans... Uh, uh, you know, they, someone sent me the picture of the blood. Uh, the local report, actually, a podcast we're quite we're quite friendly with. But obviously, there's a bit of bit of banter last night. Um, and then, like half the Sunderland fans who I've seen on Twitter are like, "There's nothing in it." Like, what well, you know, this is what we're moaning about. Like, like blimey, I mean, it's just, just absolutely bizarre. And and, and I'm sure, uh, I, I, I'm sure that will be the end of it. Right? I think uh, you've heard enough from us. You really want to hear from the man of the moment, Johnny Jackson, uh, the addict's caretaker boss. Uh, he was at, I mean, it, like I was trying to explain this in the pub last night. So after the game, like you, you can imagine when you're full of adrenaline as a supporter, you've hung on, and you and for a couple of minutes you just find it hard to sort of calm down and speak properly. And just I don't know when I spoke to Jacko, I just felt I just felt he was still pumped, full of adrenaline. But he was a, a delight to speak to uh, after the game, uh, and I asked him what he made of the uh, the performance. Great result, yeah, yeah, we. Uh... You know, it hasn't been going great and we find ourselves at the wrong end of the table. So um, three points is, we need three points and we need more and more and more of them. Um, but obviously you come in here, you're thinking, knowing it's going to be a difficult game um, and any sort of positive result would have been a good one. But to, to come away with three points and a clean sheet is, yeah, you know, you couldn't have asked for it. Couldn't you, have asked for any more. You said you were going to stamp your mark on this side and we saw that with formation change, personnel change. Was this you trying to show that you're going to be your own man in this role? It was. It was me. It was me trying to pick a team to win a game. Um, you know, it's not. It's not just. It's not about me. Like I, I need Charlton. We need Charlton to start picking up points. And this was the way. That was the way that I saw fit for this game. Um, the best way to give us a chance to go and win was for me to, to, to play the formation that I played and, and to play the personnel that I played. Obviously, you know, it's paid off today. So um, yeah, you know, and obviously, keen. You know, you've got to sort of. As quickly as possible, stamp some of my uh, my ideas on on how I want my team to look. And I guess if this is a, an extended job interview as such, it's got off to the perfect start. Yeah, yeah, it's a great start. I mean, I haven't made I've made no sort of I've made no secret about my ambitions and uh, to manage this football club. And if I'm afforded, well, while I'm afforded that opportunity, I have to deliver a team that's going to put in performances and wear that shirt with pride which is the first the, the, the main thing that I wanted I wanted the boys to to just run and run and work and give me everything give me everything um, but what I did say to him is when you do that positive results come off the back of it because there's so much quality sat in that room um, that if you if you're, if you're going to outrun outwork other teams we're going to pick up results because there's too much there's too much quality for us not to
I guess you'll want to draw a line about what's happened before. I guess some will be wondering why it's taken this long into the season to, for it to start now. But I guess your your job is just to make sure it continues. Yeah, I don't want to dwell on that, and it would be disrespectful of me to um, to speak about what's gone gone before because I've got I've got a lot of respect for uh, for Nigel Atkins, and you know he was great with me. He was great with me, and uh, you know, it, it's bittersweet, isn't it? Because you know a good a good man has left the football club. Um, at the end of the day, we you know my, my my job now is to it's to try and get us results, and I have to have a hundred percent focus on what we're going to do today and what we're going to do next week going into the next game and the game after that and what's gone on before I, I can't affect that now so we have to draw a line under it and we have to be focused on what we want to do So you brought George Dobson back into the side um, put him in front of the defence and, and he, he really stood out against his former club I thought he was outstanding um, I knew he'd be up for the game because of the nature of it and you know his stint here and having played for the club um, but I also know what George is about as a player. Uh, obviously, Pritchard plays for them in, in, in that 10 role and he, he's dangerous and he, he can create a lot for them. And I saw I saw George, you know, as the perfect sort of foil for that, really. And, uh, you know, what I asked of him, he's done absolutely to the letter. And, you know, I thought, I thought he was outstanding. Are you giving the goal to? It's a bit chaotic. I don't know. There's Onin handball, Stockley then on the line. Not really sure what happened. I think it's Stockley's goal. He's got his head on it, and obviously it's gone over the line. I, I, I really couldn't see what had happened. I thought I thought he'd give a free kick to, to start with, and there was a bit of confusion. And then I just heard the fourth official, official say, "No, it's a goal." Um, so it was a strange. It was a real strange one, but yeah, Jaden got his head on it, and it's obviously gone over the line. So it's his goal. Yeah. Um, Sam Lavelle came off her. Obviously, Piercy came in and, and stood up to the task. But what, what, what can you tell us about Sam's injury? Um, I think he's a problem with his groin. Um, he's a bit sore at the minute. Obviously, you never know. You have to you have to wait for you know, till Monday, and then you'll probably have a scan or have it assessed by, by. I haven't had a discussion with a physio yet, but you know, to come off that early is obviously there's obviously something something gone wrong there. Um, it's disappointing to lose him, but you know, when you've got a deputy like like the club captain in Piercing, you, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, Difficult for me to not play him from, from the off, to be honest. But, um, you know, I made my choice, but Piercy was, was more than an able deputy. It's funny because I know you got to get off, and I think there's about a thousand who came up. That moment at the end was, was quite special, wasn't it? And a lift, I think, that the fan the fan base probably needed after what's happened so yeah, far this season. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, go down as one of the sort of, one of the proudest days in my career, to be honest. Um, the, support, the support I've had ever since I've been at the football club has been, been incredible. To see the, the support that we brought up here today, getting behind the team like they have when we've been on such a poor run, you know, I just I was so pleased that we could reward them for, for the journey that they've made and the support that they've given us. Uh, I just only hope it's the beginning of a run because you know they stuck by us and we need we need to deliver. I need to deliver a team that can make them proud, uh, and I certainly think we've done that today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Kirk again. To his left is Gunter. Gunter with the cross. It's a search across. Just Yeah, and we talk about this week in, week out, about players anticipating coming in from the far side, getting inside the fullback, spotting that cross early, making the run, anticipate, get across your man and meet it well. I mean, it's a very brave header from Jayasimi. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. Just for the break there, we heard from the Addicts caretaker boss, Johnny Jackson. Um, how, long, how long do you think he gets, Ben, before Thomas has to make the decision? Uh, how, how long should he get? And, I mean, as you said, he's done, he's done very well so far. We're still going to learn more about him. And, and, you know, I'm pinning my hopes on him being the next manager because I'd love to see it. Um, but how, how long do you think he needs? How, how many wins? You know, how, how does it work? How, how long do you think he needs to persuade Thomas? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, you look at the fixture list and obviously yesterday was up there, with, as I said earlier, one of the toughest games you get in this league. So uh, I know a few people were saying, oh, it's a free hit, whatever. And he turned around and said, no, it's not. Like I'm not saying it's a free hit because, I mean, I'll be happy to lose a game. So obviously yesterday was, was up there as, as a tough game. We got... Doncaster at home next game where, look, should be winning that game because obviously they're down the bottom with us at the moment. Then you've got Rotherham coming up after that straight away on the Tuesday. So we have got some some tougher games coming up, but I know we've got Plymouth after that as well coming up at home. So it's, it's I think the problem before was we, we were stuck in such a rut that we were looking at games going, oh, that, that could, I mean, jilling them away, 1-1, okay, it's, it can always be a bit of a bogey team for us playing Chillingham. So we turn around and go, actually, that was a good result. But in hindsight, no, it's not because where we're, where our league position is. So I think it's it's a case of steadying the ship, bringing the best out of the players. And I think you've got to give him, oh, I'd say about, I mean, the games are going to come thick and fast soon anyway. I know December's quite a backlog of fixtures, but I'd say about seven or eight games. Just, I mean, performances like yesterday's, some games we might not get the result. I mean, say Rotherham at home, they're a really good side, they're right up there. We might not get the result against them, we might lose 1-0. But if we can see a, a change in performance, like we did yesterday, where the players are giving it their all and we were a bit unlucky to lose, then you'd accept that. But it's winning those other games, like next week against Doncaster, and backing up performances with that win. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, we love Jacko. I can't imagine there's a fan out there that doesn't want him to do well and, and be our manager in the future. Um, and I, as we saw yesterday, we saw a, a much needed change in performance. 
which we hadn't seen for a while. We were seeing little 20 minute spells. So it's the manner of, of our performances for me. And we saw that yesterday and let's take it game by game. But I imagine Thomas, yeah, I imagine he's probably thinking about seven or eight games, see how it goes. Maybe towards the end of November, think about whether giving him a full, I mean, if he wins, I don't know, four or five in a row, he might turn around and go, boom, you got the job. Like, I mean, we'd love that to happen, but then we don't want to get too carried away. And then you think, oh, sh- I shouldn't have appointed him too soon. I don't know. It's a tough one. But yeah, the manner of performance for me is a big thing. And we saw that yesterday. Yeah. Well, but what about you, Tom? I mean, how how long do you think it would take? And and is there anything that you any doubts that you'd have that would need to be sort of proven wrong in in this interim spell before before you'd give Johnny? I mean, as I said, you know, this is his first time really where he's going to get an extended spell as the caretaker manager. So we're going to find out what he's what he's like tactically, etc. So I mean, is, is there anything like that you, you'd want to see sort of proven before before Thomas uh, allows Johnny to sign on the dotted line? Uh, I think it's difficult because you're going to get that new manager bounce, particularly given the fact that, you know, he's he's the, the club legend that he is and, you know, the time that he's had with the club. So it's difficult really to judge him too much on these games. But at the same time, Thomas has to. You can't keep him caretaker for, you know, 20 games just to see what happens. So I, I would at least give him three or four, um, you know, because we're coming up against different types of opposition and opposition from different parts of the league over the next few weeks and just see how he settles into it, really. Um, we, I don't think we're in any rush to do it. I'm sure, you know, Johnny will be asking the question if the decision isn't made. But I think ultimately, let's give him three or four. Let's not rush into it uh, and see how he gets on. And, you know, if we can see styles of play changing, if we can see that commitment there and the players buying into it, then I see no reason not to give him the job. So, yeah, that's uh, that's how I see it at the moment. Um, let's just see see what happens over the next two or three games and, and see where we are then, I think. I mean, that video from, from Katie Tyler on, on, on Twitter, Benji, at full time, the, the, the moment where, where Jacko was sort of roaring his approval to the crowd and, and they were doing like so back. I mean, it shows how much potential Jacko has to start one of these new sort of little cult followings that we've had with Bo and, and Powell, you know, Charlton men. Um, running the show and, and how, how easy it is to get on side and how much more it means to the supporters to support a club with someone they respect so hugely at the helm. Massively, yeah, massively. It reminded me of when we beat Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup and uh, Pauly swung from the crossbar, didn't he? And he was celebrating like that. And the yeah, oh, mate, the hairs were standing up on the back of my neck when we were clapping him at the end and seeing him go berserk like that. It was brilliant. As you said, you felt it in the interview afterwards and I bet... The smile on your face, interviewing him afterwards, seeing him so elated and really wanting him to do well. And it was just great hearing chance of Johnny Jackson's Red Army. And yeah, I'm actually in that video. You can see me clapping along, pumping fists. And yeah, it means so much to supporters because he's given us so many good times as a player. And we know he's got that passion. We know he's got that love for the club, just like, as you said, when Chris Power was there as well. And um, he'll instill that into the players. As he said on Thursday in the interview, he's going to tell these players that, all right, at the moment you've come into this club and you've heard chants of you're not fit to wear the shirt and fans booing you off. Look, the fans aren't like that just because they they feel like it. They want effort from you as, as players and they want to see your passion for playing for this club. And that's why it, if you have a manager 
that has history with the club, it can work because him and Jason Yule have got years of experience at this club and, and have seen the good times. I mean, Jason Yule's seen us in the Premier League. Jacko's been there for two promotions. So he he can see and tell these players, this is what it means. And it was so good to see all the team coming over at the end. I know McGilvery was picking up Parrington and uh, punching the air and all that. It's, it's great. And that re- it does help supporters uh, as well. And I'm sure there was probably an extra 100 fans that travelled up there and yesterday because of that, because of the Johnny Jackson factor. So, yeah, it, it we all want him to do well, but it's it's looking at it as well in, in, a, in a way where you think, OK, let's not get too carried away sometimes because results are where it matters. Yeah, I mean, I am getting carried away, Benji, and I, uh, uh, I refute your message that we should not get carried away. Right, let's uh, have a look at some of the messages uh, from those who have sent their thoughts into the show. Um, uh, Spencer says, great performance yesterday. It proves that Adkins uh, was tactically inept. The boys played for Jacko. I uh, hope you enjoyed the museums of Newcastle last night. Yeah, we went to uh, uh, some excellent museums and some libraries in, uh, in Newcastle last night. Took in some of the local culture. Uh, really enjoyed it. This, now, this is from Keith Parker. This is from a, a Sunderland supporter. Uh, it says, we weren't good enough in this game. Uh, we deserve to lose. Cholton uh, wanted it more. Good luck in your fight to get out of the relegation zone. A rebuild a job next season and you will be challenging for promotion. Uh, uh, we Sunderland are in a good position to get the top two this season as well, and I still think they are. I, mean, I, I was absolutely shocked by considering this was Sunderland have won pretty much every game this season. Uh, when we, when we went one 0 up, I had a Sunderland fan in my mentions calling for Lee Johnson's head. I know he's an idiot, but come on, he's, uh, then it's not like they're doing badly this season. Uh, right, Joe Green says, uh, a class result, but in my opinion, it's too early to say if Jacko deserves the job full-time. Uh, let him have the next few games and then we'll go uh, from there. Timsy said it was three words, determination, desire and passion um, uh, on yesterday's performance. Gary says, can anyone explain to me the role of assistant manager? Because surely you must input your own ideas to the manager and not just sit there like a nodding dog. And if the manager is not taking any notice of you, you walk away. Keep up the good work, all the best. I mean, I've seen a couple of people saying stuff like that, Tom. I mean, that the manager makes the final decision. And of course, I mean, people can say, oh, the assistant manager, he's he's always going to be the the man, the same as the man before. But that's, that's not what happened with Bo either. He came in and changed the formation from day dot when he took over from Carl Robinson. Yeah, I think I've, look, I've never worked at a football club like that, but I can't imagine if Nigel goes into a game saying, right, I'm going to play 4-2-3-1. And Jacko says, ah, oh, well, I'll be playing 3-5-2. I'm sure Adkins is going to listen to him and hear him out, but ultimately it's it's Nigel's decision because if we go on and, and lose that game, it's him that's going to have to answer questions about how we were set up and stuff. So I think, look, the assistant's there to, to add advice and support and he's more of the link to the players, isn't he? Often that's that's what's been said is that the the assistant is the more approachable one and the one who kind of links the players and the manager. So that, if anything, that's the, the difficult transition now for Jacko. Because I heard, I think it was Dobson called him Jacko in his post-match. And I remember obviously when Boya took over, they still called him Bo. And in the past, that might have been a, a more negative thing. You know, how do you lose that, that friendship with the players? But it didn't seem to work too badly for Boya, but certainly over the first couple of years. And hopefully the same for Jacko as well. So... No, I don't read anything into the fact that he was he was working under Nigel Adkins. I think ultimately the decisions in terms of formation, etc., lay with him. Um, and now he's in charge. He's got a chance to to give his own style a go, and we've seen that already in his first game. So 
like the email one or two ago said, let, let's judge him in, in three or four games' time and, and make a decision from there. Mm, certainly. Right, next tweet comes from Archie. says, Saturday was a tactical masterclass, uh, a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2 with a twist at one wing back and Dobson uh, dropping in as a third centre-back meant that Matthews could stay wide, taking the heat off Lecco defensively and leaving him up there mostly to counter-attack. The commentary team couldn't fathom it and neither could Lee Johnson. Uh, Johnny Jackson's a football genius. Yeah, the uh, as I said, sort of with it, I, I did try and call it myself for like a three-one-four-two because Dobson was sitting deep. Um, but I, I mentioned that to Jacko after the interview. I said, "What would you call that formation?" And he was like, three-five-two. So he looked, he looked to me as if I was an idiot when I tried to. Oh, I thought I was trying to look really clever and say it was a three-one-four-two, but it's like now three-five-two is what I'd call it. But anyway, right? Tom says, uh, "Brilliant from front to back uh, yesterday." The team worked hard and definitely deserved the three points. Dobson, Perrington and Washington, the standouts for me. I'd be interested to hear uh, what the Jacko doubters have to say after that one. CFC Fug Life says, uh, what a performance. Not a single player that didn't give their all. It wasn't overly pretty. We rode our luck a bit, but every player fought for this year. A very positive start to life under JJ and Jason Yule. Allen says, as for Adkins was the issue, players and staff clearly not believing in him. Uh, loved everything about yesterday. New formation uh, meant not steamrolled in midfield. They knew their jobs and looked like uh, for the first team uh, first time this season that we had a team. Uh, should have been JJ's jobs months ago. Uh, Reese says, uh, I thought from the get-go we were positive, played with fluidity, and the players were putting their bodies on the line. If we continue to get performances like that in the upcoming games, then Jacko uh, has got my vote. Uh, Steve says, what a difference a win can make to the mood and the atmosphere around the club. Uh, I missed yesterday's game, and after the ordeal against Accrington, I was going to take a break. However, I'm now excitedly counting down the days until Saturday. I'm 100% on the journey with JJ. Uh, leaving the way. Richard says, really wanted us to sign Dobson. Uh, he was really impressive when he was at Walsall. Good to see that he's come into form. Uh, and then Chris says, a fantastic performance, showing what we're capable of uh, against probably the best team in the league. Uh, need to back it up now in the next game, and hopefully uh, that will be the start of a run, a run onwards and upwards up the addicts. Uh, that's from Chris. Cheers, Chris. Right, let's uh, hear from the fans bar, shall we? Now, uh, myself and Benji, um, it weren't until we got back to Newcastle that we uh, we spoke to a few fans uh, and be aware there is a rogue, extremely northern accent. Uh, Donny Dave is on the pod this week, a Doncaster, uh, a Charlton fan who lives in Doncaster. Uh, so don't don't be thrown by the the, the deep Yorkshire accent in this uh, in this bit. Uh, but this is uh, so, some views from the fans bar after yesterday's win up at Sunderland. Yeah, really happy. It, um, players seem to know what they were doing. Um, I think it rewarded the, uh, the travelling fans, um, especially after. Last week in Lincoln, um, yeah, I did like how, how Jackson set us up, and give, I thought Dobson was excellent. Famwo looks back to sort of how he was last year. Um, yeah, we, we dug in, and it's just really good away performance, I and mean, we managed the game well. Um, yeah, it was really well, good. I think the first thing that we need to really mention about today's game is the difference in commitment from the players. Um, I think it was pretty clear to see from everyone that was there today that the. Uh, the commitment from the players was 100%. I mean, some of the challenges going in never gave anything up. It was just really pleasure but to obviously see. Obviously, with the change in management this week, it was a lot of anticipation on what was going to happen. Uh, was the team going to carry on playing in the way that it had? Or was Jackson going to really make that much of a difference? And I wasn't sure, to be fair. I, I, I couldn't believe that just having that change was going to make such of an impact. But to be like today, it was just 100% effort completely different team was out there on the pitch I'd today probably Dobson and Lecco I thought were, were the main two 
I think Dobson, especially after getting a yellow in the first half, he, he did have to be sensible, and especially playing against it, his former club, I'm sure it would have gone through his mind to go through and uh, clatter one of his ex-teammates. But, um, yeah, he did well to sort of um, refrain himself from doing that, controlled the game, broke up play really well. I was to give a player the match personally, I think it was Perrington. I thought his effort was outstanding. I think he's not played for a few games now. Um, I thought his effort was excellent. But, yeah, I want to mention Dobson as well. I thought, same for him, he's been frozen out came in, really controlled that mid- midfield, which I think we've really lacked in the, in the last few games, certainly. A manager like Atkins, who is experienced and articulate and positive and professional, all those things that you'd want in a manager, but you just cannot underestimate the power of having a Charlton man heading up the team. And you see that with Jackson, you see that with Yule. They have that Charlton magic behind them, and that obviously has such a massive impact why, why on the not? team um, he's been around the club for what, over 10 years now um, he, he's gone through the thick and thin hasn't he um, yeah and I, I think it, like, it's got to get to the stage where we, we've got to offer him the, the job otherwise he, he might look elsewhere I think he, he wants to go into coaching he's, he's done his badges and I think there's no I think better there's place quite a lot of people out there with regards to Jacko where you know we, would, we really want him to do well he's a Charlton legend we want him to really do great at this job do I think he's the long-term option? I'm not really sure, but certainly the short-term. We've seen a massive difference in the first game. Um, let's just hope that this keeps going for as long as we need it to, because as we're all aware, we're in a relegation battle. We need to sort this out first. Um, but yeah, the early signs, they were playing for Jacko and Yuli today, and that's exactly what and we needed. At the end of the game, when Jackson was over at the away end, clapping and, and beckoning on the, the fans. It was just, it was unreal. And I think that's what's going to make the difference. And whether that will last and whether that will wear down and he'll still have to prove that he actually can be um, a, a credible manager um, remains to be seen. But I think we can ride that chart magic wave for as long as we can to get us up the table. Thanks to everyone who spoke to us uh, for the fans bar after yesterday's game. Some, some good uh, good stuff in there. Uh, got a few emails as well just to talk through before we get to the end of the show. Uh, Daz says, uh, what a bloody great win that was against an informed top side. Sunderland must absolutely hate playing us. Uh, so glad for Jacko and you'll come on you Reds. Yeah, our, our record against Sunderland is outrageous. Uh, at some point it's got to come to an end. I know we did that that last minute defeat up there a couple of years ago but overall our record is incredible right Craig says that's more like it a few more of them will be terrific uh, each and every one of them played a blinder the real Cholton uh, it's just a shame it's taken so long and sacking uh, Nigel Atkins but you could see uh, from Johnny that's his team and they would walk through walls for the new gaffer up the Oddix so I did ask Jacko actually um yesterday Ben because there would be that question as to why it's taken this long um, and you wouldn't really get drawn into it and I can understand why um, but why? 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 Why has it taken Nigel Atkins to be sacked for them to put in a performance like that? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one, really, because we have seen spells in games where they have been uh, given it their all f- uh, for, for Nigel, but it's it comes a point with the consi- consistent performances, and, and maybe it was a change of uh, formation that's helped. I mean, I can see players like said earlier, Jaden Stockley getting frustrated that he's not being utilised in the right way and and someone like Leco, he kept being given the ball while his back's to goal. He wants the ball as he's running forward and so then he can really run at defenders. So I think it might be a case of players just getting frustrated at, at the formation. I think Tom said it enough times, the lack of identity of how to play football and what we're doing and 
just giving players their correct roles. I mean, there's been players brought in by supposedly Nigel bringing these players in and happy that these players are in. And then one minute they, they've got a game, the next minute, oh no, you're not even in the squad. So it's giving players their proper roles and knowing what their role is in the team and how important they are in the squad. Because we brought some players in and then they'd not been given their chance to shine enough. I mean, one game for someone like, I don't know, Charlie Kirk, and then the next game he's not even in the squad or... It was just quite confusing. Our players weren't given a proper run in the team and there were so many changes. So, I mean, look, it's one game. I'm sure Jacko will probably keep with the same squad again next week and we can see more consistent performances. So I can only think that the chopping and changing of the team, the lacking identity of, of how we want to play football and the tactics just probably wore thin on the players in the end. Mm, yeah, very interesting stuff. Right, uh, Jeff says, uh, great show, guys. Cheers, Jeff. Uh, I think the... Uh show team have been saying it for a long time and JJ summed it up I just needed to keep it really simple and that's football uh yeah cheers <laughs> cheers Jeff right uh, McSquared says uh, I was only able to listen to the first half commentary and then watch the highlights because we know coincidence that the team showed far more fight and passion uh, under JJ uh, than they ever did under Nigel Adkins I thought uh, although we are Sunderland's bogey side we were never expected to claim three points yesterday so the win was a big bonus however right from the start the formation with two up top was far better although Sunderland had chances as you'd expect uh, we defended much better as a unit and never really looked in danger of being overrun uh, as we had in our recent matches what I was uh, looking for was a clean sheet uh, and I would have been more than happy with a nil-nil but we ended up going one better so although it's only one match and there's a heck of a way to go there were some very positive signs uh, against one of the top sides in the division whether the J team uh, end up uh, getting the job on the permanent basis remains to be seen but it appears to be every chance they could end up emulating the former players who've succeeded in the past, uh, i.e. Kirbishly, uh, Chris Powell and Lee Bowyer. For some reason, we seem the type of club that only does well with ex-players at the helm. Uh, therefore, it's a no-brainer to give the interim pair a decent crack at the job. And uh, based on yesterday's performance, I'm pretty sure they won't let us down. We deserve to be where we are currently in the table based on the performances to date. But there's no way we are a bottom four side based on our squad. We have good enough quality players in this division. Uh, it only is the direction that was lacking. Hopefully that will now change and we'll start to climb the table. I'm a lot more confident of that happening now than I was when Nigel Atkins uh, was in charge. Come on, you Reds. Cheers uh, for that, McSquared. And then Phil says, hi guys, how refreshing to have a positive result at one of the hardest grounds to do it. Uh, uh, to discuss and celebrate. I, amongst many others, including you guys, have been urging for two up top for weeks, and yesterday just shows how much better that works for us. Either a 4-4-2 or a 3-5-2, as I believe was the case yesterday, although Matthews didn't push up as high as Purrington. Yeah, Matthews was like the right centre-back, and it was actually Lecco who was the uh, the right wing-back, so that's why Lecco was uh, I mean, back-defending as well at times, which... Scared me, to be honest, but he actually did really well and an excellent siding challenge at one point. But anyway, uh, uh, Phil continues, JJ is already a cult hero at the Valley, but he can take his reputation much higher together uh, with the team if he's able to get that sort of effort and commitment every week. Vital to keep up the hard work before next weekend's crucial match at home to Doncaster. Sure, we can do it, but must not, uh, we must not forget that Donny themselves will be feeling boiling after their result yesterday. Really hard to see uh, and understand why Nigel couldn't see that having a two up top uh but i wish him all the best that's from phil cheers phil excellent stuff right i mean we we, we have got the the game against doncaster coming up tom coming up obviously next week um so th- this is going to be a big week for, for jacko now he, he's coming he's had that immediate impact but this week on the training ground where he's deciding what formation he wants to play which of these players he wants to keep and and swap out 
is you know Jacko's first week in charge of the team on the training ground is going to be a big one for him. Yeah, and and I don't think he's had that opportunity as far as I'm aware before in the the caretaker role or when he's filled in. So yeah, it's come at a good time. He hasn't got a Tuesday this week. I think we have next week, haven't we? So um yeah, he's got 5 days to work with them now. Uh, and that's why I say we need to give him a few games because he's being tested in very different ways. He's had obviously a day and then he's gone up to probably the hardest away day we're going to have. Now he's got a full week against a team we're, I don't know about expected to beat, but certainly we, the fans will be going in thinking minimum a draw. And obviously we need a win there because they're down there as well. And then he's going to have that quick turnaround for the following Tuesday. So he's getting to experience all those sort of facets of, of League One football. Um, so it's huge. And that's why by this time in a fortnight, he'll have had another three games under his belt. And, you know, if we've won three or, or even all four of them, then it's a very easy decision as far as I'm concerned for Thomas. But, you know, if we struggle against Doncaster and then, you know, that momentum carries into Tuesday and we struggle again, then it could be a very different story. But I think the positive thing is Jackson doesn't lose games when he's a manager, does he? So this time next week, or sorry, this time in a fortnight, we'll have 12 points from 12 and, and he'll be given a 50-year contract with a bit of luck. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting week and an interesting game next week because, as I say, very different to what we saw yesterday. Excellent stuff. Right, we've come to the end of uh, this week's Charlton Live podcast. Thanks to all of you who've got involved uh, with the show and who've listened. Uh, thanks to Tom and Ben for, for coming on this evening. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. I'm going to have a long lie down now to recover. Yeah, I think we, uh, I think we all need one of those. So thanks to everyone who's listened. Uh, I'm Louis Mendes. We'll be back on Thursday. See you later. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.